Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Ah, thinking about gas mileage. You know, changing your oil with a full synthetic oil like Castrol Edge can help your engine get more miles. Right now, you can get five quarts with an STP Extended Life oil filter for only $36.99. Get started on your next job today with the parts you need when you need them at AutoZone or AutoZone.com. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. This is Saturday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VSIN, the sports betting network. All right, hour number two of the Circuit College Hoops Challenge Show, Saturday Bet Prep, downtown Las Vegas tonight in the uh, Circus VSIN studio. And Jim Root joins me now. He's one of the leaders here in the contest as we head into week six. And uh, we got one of the most peculiar records you're ever going to see. In this contest, through five weeks, uh, Jim Root is 14-10-1 against the spread. Outstanding 14.5 points. 0-4-1 on his best bets. Jim, still searching for a best bet winner as we head to week six. How you doing, man? I, well, I hope I find one, but, you know, who knows <laughs> at this stage. Maybe I'm just trying to up the difficulty level or something here. No, I... I wish. I, I hope I can find a best bet win, but we'll see. We'll see what we uh, what we got tomorrow. All right, we'll t- uh, we'll talk about your best bet. We'll get to it here in a few minutes. But uh, follow Jim on Twitter at Second Chance Points. He's part of the Three Man Weave Handicapping Group, and you guys do a great job at the Field of Sixty Eight. By the way, an excellent follow on Twitter, the Field of Sixty Eight. If you're a college hoops guy, all right, Jim. Well, let's get to a game that's a. A hot play here in the contest tonight. Three of us have it as a best bet. It's not your best bet, but it's uh, on your card. It's on your high five. Baylor, a three-point favorite over Texas, 652 on the rotation. Uh, the Bears, slight home favorites in Waco in a revenge spot in the Big 12. They're off back-to-back losses on the road. The market number is up to three and a half now everywhere, but uh, in this contest today it was three uh, for a few hours this afternoon. Why do you like the Bears over the Longhorns? Well, I was just copying everybody's homework. That's what I was doing. <laughs> uh, I, I tried to save you guys all the pain of losing by not making it my best bet. Um, I, I just, I really like the spot. You mentioned it. Um, off two losses. Texas is off two home wins now going on the road. I think there's a, a pretty decent coaching edge here, too. Uh, I just prefer Scott Drew and, and everything he's accomplished to Rodney Terry, who's doing a, a really nice job. But he is kind of like a caretaker for that job right now and doesn't have the same kind of track record. I have some concerns matchup wise in the first game, Baylor switched a lot and, and Texas used their bigger guards wings to attack some of the smaller Baylor size. And, and that was a problem, but Jonathan Chama Chachua didn't play in that game. Baylor's got him now. He's, he's trying to help the defense still working back from that really gruesome knee injury, but has given them a, a bump. And then, I just I love that backcourt trio for Baylor. I don't envision them losing three league games in a row for the second time this year. I like them back home where they've been really, really solid so far. So, yeah, happy to lay three with Baylor there against Texas. Yeah, you talked about uh, Keontae George, Adam Flagler, LJ Cryer. Really, if you go back to halftime of the game at Kansas last Saturday, Baylor looked like a Final Four team, a national title contender. What the hell happened in the second half in Lawrence? The Bears got blown out by the Jayhawks. Then they go on the road, and um, K-State completes the uh, season sweep under Jerome Tang. I'm not sure what happened to Baylor after that great first half that the Bears played. But I, I still think we're going to see more 
of the Bears' best in this game in uh, Waco tomorrow because this team is capable of playing at a really high level. And I agree with you, Jim. I think these these three guards are about as good as it gets in college basketball. Yeah, I, I think probably the best shot-making backcourt in the country. And that's what they've done. They've slowed down, played a little more in the half-court because their defense is not great. But I think they know if, if they're playing half-court possessions, their guards are going to be able to score more than most opponents. Now, you mentioned that Kansas second half. That was about as gruesome as it gets. But I'm hoping that's something they, they kind of put behind them. And, and now that they're back home, uh, still a really, really huge game with Texas. Baylor also trying to uh, stay on the two-line here in the NCAA tournament. So, yeah, I, I like the Bears quite a bit. All right. I hope you get it right. That's my best bet in the contest. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go to 682 on the rotation. Middle Tennessee, a six-point favorite over Louisiana Tech, and uh, you're going to lay the points here with the Blue Raiders. Yeah, this one's kind of twofold on the handicap. The first part is that Louisiana Tech lost their best player, or their best player left the team uh, about a week and a half, two weeks ago. They're 0-3 against the Spurs without him. Uh, point guard Kobe Williams. The on-off numbers without him kind of tell the story, too. They're about 16 points per possession or per 100 possessions better when he plays. Obviously, they don't have him. Uh, They haven't really gotten blown out without him on the spread, but they haven't been covered by about four or five a game. And so I was, you know, hesitant because they haven't been getting crushed. But then Middle Tennessee has had a whole week off, which I think is really important at this stage of the season. They've gotten the game plan for this new version of Louisiana Tech. Uh, and Murfreesboro has been a relatively tough place to play for these CUSA teams. Uh, Middle Tennessee's undefeated at home since uh, since January 7th. So I like that spot with, with one key guy out in Middle Tennessee having the prep time. All right, Jim Root with us. Uh, we got his first two plays, Baylor minus three, Middle Tennessee minus six. You got the best of the market number here on your next play, number 731, Portland Pilots, road favorites against Pacific. This number opened one. Uh, Circa is up to three. DraftKings up to two. But you have Portland minus one, Jim. Yeah, last game of the year for these two uh, before the WCC tournament, uh, one of the leagues that wraps up pretty early. Seeding is more or less decided. There's a chance that either one of these teams can get into the top six, which really, really helps. The WCC is a, a ladder kind of bracket where you have to win a ton of games if you're low. But this is big, big coach edge to me here. I, I love Shante Leggins at Portland. I think he's done a great job turning around a program that could not win under Terry Porter. Uh, he's won and covered all three games against Pacific since arriving there. And so with, with that team healthy, they're still a little bit undervalued in the market. They had some games in the middle of the year where they got crushed when they were missing some key pieces. But now they've got their preferred top six or seven of the rotation all back. I just think they're better than Pacific and have a better coach. The main concern for Portland is that they played a really, really tough road loss on Thursday at San Francisco. So maybe there's some hangover effect to that, but uh, I'm still willing to back leggings in Portland here on the road as a slight favorite. All right. The, uh, the sharp money early agrees with you. Portland minus one. Okay. Let's go to a total. You've been playing a lot of totals in this contest. You've got a couple of unders. Rex Byers was in the studio with me uh, the previous hour He's taking the points with East Carolina. Uh, he took 20 with the Pirates against uh, number one Houston. You're going to play the game under 771 on the rotation. Houston, East Carolina, under 135 and a half. Yeah, I think he and I would maybe uh, 
be okay with some sort of a slow game that helps the dog. I'll, I'll get on board with that. Uh, I, I think East Carolina will probably struggle to score a little bit. Um, their their best player, best offensive player, Javon Small, has now missed, I think, the last nine games. So they're, they're used to playing without him, but the offense has certainly uh, not delivered with him, with him now on the court. Now they're playing one of the best defenses in the country in Houston. I think they'll kind of struggle to produce points. Um, I heard Rex mention Michael Schwartz, the new coach at East Carolina. He's a, a Rick Barnes guy, really, really smart coach. I think he knows he can't run with this Houston team. Going to have to play a little bit in the half court, try to produce some, some points and hope that Houston's not hitting shots. So I think this stays pretty slow. I don't think East Carolina is going to score very easily against such a fantastic Houston defense. And I don't think there's going to be a ton of free throws taken here. Um, Houston generally avoids foul or well, sometimes they, they foul a little bit, but uh, just inefficient, slow. That's what I'm looking for here with the, the number one team in the country as a big favorite. All right. Houston, East Carolina, under 135 and a half. Before we get to your best bet, any games that uh, sides or totals that just missed your card, uh, Jim, because obviously we talk every week about how tough it is to whittle down to your final five. Yeah, I, I think one that maybe is probably going to be popular. I, I almost went with Arkansas. Uh-huh. I just getting nine there against Alabama. I think this version of Arkansas with Nick Smith and the starting lineup is really, really good. Uh, I think they're six and zero against the spread when he plays 20 minutes or more and Alabama. I just don't know what to expect with them. Um, what I hear Nate Oates is, you know, trying to figure things out behind the scenes. Does he have time to come up with a great game plan for a talented Arkansas team? I don't know. It feels a little bit high. Um, so that's one that, you know, if I see that for other people's card in the contest, I'm going to I'm gonna be uh, bummed out because I think it's a great, great selection. Well, you and I in the same boat here because that was one of my last cuts. Arkansas plus nine. Almost played that one as well. Uh, it's down to eight at most spots right now. Let's get to your best bet. It's uh, Sacramento State, Montana, 775 on the rotation. You're going to play this under 129 and a half. Yeah, these teams are painfully slow. Sacramento State, bottom three in the country in tempo. Um, and I was kind of warm to it as I went through my numbers. And then I looked at the first matchup that these two played, and I saw 51 possessions. And I thought, okay, that's that's what I'm looking for for an under, just mm-hmm. the, the slowest game you can imagine. Um, Sacramento State did score kind of efficiently in the paint. They, they ended up scoring, what was it, 1.3 points per possession. But even so that game only had 115 points total uh, in the first meeting. It might not be 51 possessions again, but I think if it's mid fifties, I like 129 and a half right there, even with a little bit of efficiency. This, this is very, very tempo driven. I think these two will play a crawl of the basketball game. All right. There it is. Sacramento state, Montana under 129 and a half, the best bet for Jim root. And he's trying to get his first best bet winner in the contest. You do have one push Oh, four and one, but 14, 10 and one against the spread. And uh, that's your overall record to put you in third, only one point out of first place. Uh, Jim, you're in the middle of Big Ten country. You're in Chicago. i got about 30 seconds left. Did you come close to playing the Michigan State-Iowa or Indiana-Purdue games? Uh, I thought about playing Iowa. Uh, I just I think they're in a really, really good spot back home after mm-hmm. shooting like garbage at Wisconsin. Really, really good home team. And uh, Fran McCaffrey and Izzo have been pretty split over the past. So I don't think there's any edge there in the coaching. Definitely thought about the Hawkeyes, but the number ended up being just a hair too steep for me to lay it. Yeah, Iowa opened four and a half up to six, and uh, Hawkeyes a popular play in this contest tonight. Uh, Jim, hey, thanks a lot, man. Appreciate the time, and uh, good luck Saturday. 
Thank you. Appreciate it, Matt. Have a good night. All right, that's Jim Root of Three Man Weave, and uh, the field is 68. And uh, we'll be back here in a couple minutes. I'll give you my best bets. And then Bruce Marshall of the Gold Sheet is going to join the show. Bruce had a bunch of winners last week. And we'll break down a bunch of games with him tonight. Stay tuned. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is Saturday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. All right, welcome back to the big show. Matt Eumanns here. Thanks to uh, Wes Reynolds, Rex Byers, and Jim Root for joining the show tonight. This is the Circa College Hoops Challenge, and uh, we use numbers that open on Friday afternoons at Circa Sportsbook and DraftKings and between 3 and 6 p.m. in the afternoon. When you submit your plays, that's the line you get. You lock it in, and you do see some movement in these numbers uh, in the afternoon and the evening. So... Yeah, it kind of sucks if uh, you like Baylor like we do and you have to lay three and a half instead of three. But I always encourage people, make your own numbers and bet these openers and try to get the best of it. If you know what you're doing, you're going to get the best of it most times. Now, one game that's not on my uh, final five I want to talk about. It's a high-profile game tomorrow. Purdue is a top-five team looking for revenge against Indiana and West Lafayette. The first time around, I really liked Indiana a lot in this game. And – Purdue was ranked number one at that point, opened as a uh, one-and-a-half, two-point favorite. Indiana flipped to the favorite by uh, game time, and uh, I thought that was the right move. Uh, Boilermakers were walking into a uh, buzzsaw, a hornet's nest, whatever you want to call it, in Bloomington that day, and fell behind by 15 points and a half. They got two freshman guards who were a little bit shaky on the road, especially here late in the season. And the difference is those two freshman guards shoot and play with a lot more confidence at home than they do on the road, talking about Fletcher Lawyer and Braden Smith, who are two really talented guards who are going to help Purdue win a ton of games over the next uh, few years. You don't have to worry about guards like this being NBA one-and-done type of players. No chance. They're probably going to be around for a few years. So uh, these guards play much better at home, and I think you're going to see a Purdue team that's been off all week play at a much higher level. Uh Purdue blew out Ohio State on Saturday, 82, or excuse me, that was Sunday afternoon, 82 to 55, has had the entire week off to prep for this game. The situation sits up, sets up really well for the home favorite here. The Hoosiers had to play in East Lansing on Tuesday night. That was an emotional night at Michigan State, and uh, the Spartans roared back in the second half to win that game. Trace Jackson Davis, who's had to carry the Indiana offense, Averaging about 38 minutes over the past month or so, and uh, that's that's a lot of wear and tear for the star player. Uh, you know, he's he's had to do a lot offensively to uh, keep the Hoosiers in contention here to uh, finish maybe second in the Big Ten. It looks like Purdue's going to win the conference, 13 and four record right now. Every other team in the league has got at least six losses. Uh, Northwestern has six. Every other team has seven or more. Uh, Purdue's got four with three games to go. So a win over Indiana would pretty much assure that Purdue's going to be outright Big Ten regular season champion. So it's going to be a tough atmosphere that the Hoosiers walk into, very similar to what Purdue walked into in Bloomington a few weeks ago in that five-point loss. I think um, Purdue probably wins this game 
I'll say relatively comfortably. I made the number seven, uh, right, right around seven or seven and a half, and uh, that's where it opened today. Except Circa opened eight. Uh, Purdue eight, DraftKings opened seven and a half. The eight disappeared. I don't have a play on it right now. I thought at eight and a half or nine, I might make a, a small bet on Indiana. Thought that number would be a little bit high, but the market's right here. I think it's seven and a half. Uh, so no play. I did not use that as one of my five tonight in the contest. I did use Villanova plus three and a half against Creighton in the morning. And Villanova was a popular play. It's been a, it's been a rough ride here for the Wildcats. Kyle Neptune in his first season taking over for Jay Wright. Uh, the, the Cats looked like a good play a week ago against uh, Providence, and they faded uh, badly in the second half, and that was a big disappointment because they were a popular play in this contest. Uh, Villanova opened three and a half today, and uh, I played I played Nova. I thought the number was a little bit high. I will say that right now at Circa, as I checked the number, Circa and DraftKings have dropped to two and a half on this. So we got the best of the number on the Villanova game at plus three and a half a week ago. The 85-72 loss at Providence. Villanova followed that up with a 64-63 win at Xavier with Moore scoring 25 points in that game. I, I think Nova, now a team that's uh, closer to full strength, has got some upside as a home dog. I like it. Three and a half, better number than two and a half, but you still might be able to find a three out there and it's playable at that number. Villanova plus three and a half. Clemson plus six. Talk about bad loss. You have to avoid these. When you're on the bubble, and Clemson was on the right side of it, not too long ago, the Tigers were 10-1 and in the ACC. It looked like a lock, or near lock. I, I hate that word, but a near lock to be in the uh, NCAA tournament. Then lost uh, three of four. You have to avoid the bad losses late in the season. Clemson couldn't do it. Lost as a 10-point favorite at Louisville a week ago. Now all of a sudden, the Tigers are going to be desperate. Taking on an NC State team that's going to be in the dance. And uh, I like Clemson here catching six. Brad Brownell is a really good coach. He seems to uh, have his team on the bubble almost every year at this time. Brownell is on the hot seat now, too. He's got to get Clemson. Uh, he's got to get Clemson into the tournament. I think the Tigers got a real shot to win this game. I think they're live to win it. I'll take Clemson plus six. So the first two plays for me, Villanova plus three and a half, Clemson plus six. Saturday night, we're going to the West Coast Conference. Gonzaga minus five. Just a better spot for the Zags, in my estimation. The first time I played Gonzaga plus four in this contest, the Zags led the entire way, blew the game in the final, final minute at St. Mary's, went to overtime, and lost by eight or ten. It was an excruciating beat in this contest, so I'm trying to get one back here. I'm going to lay five with the Zags, and I hate laying more than three in any game. But I think this spot sets up really well. For the last two decades, Gonzaga has dominated the West Coast Conference. St. Mary's challenging that right now. And in fact, the Gales, if they win this, they're going to be outright West Coast Conference champions. Ron Boyles, who was on the show, professional sports better, a week ago. Boyles, uh, he, uh, he's got St. Mary's. He bet preseason 15-1 to to win the West Coast Conference. Uh, great bet. So he's in position to cash something here. I don't think the Gales are going to get the win in Spokane, though. Sometimes uh, the situation just overrides the number, and I think that's the case here. Is that Gonzaga looked to me like the better team the first time around. I'm not as high. I, I don't know why St. Mary's is a top-10 team on the Ken Palm ratings. I think the offense is a little too, um, I would say, limited. 
uh, for the Zags to have such a high ceiling to be like a top 10 type of team in the Ken Palm ratings. I don't like uh, the now, Aiden Mahaney is a hell of a point guard, and uh, the Zags or the uh, the Gales do have a pretty good backcourt, but I, I still think it's a very limited offensive team. Gonzaga's got better athletes. Drew Timmy is probably going to uh, put up big numbers tomorrow night for the Zags. And Julian Strother has actually been playing a lot better uh, down the stretch. I think Zags get this, and Zags might even roll by a big <clears throat> by a big margin. I wouldn't be surprised if Gonzaga wins this game by double digits. I'm, I'm just simply not as high on St. Mary's as a lot of people. And Randy Bennett is an outstanding coach. What St. Mary's wants to do in this game is play at a slow pace, Low possessions. Teams like this like to play slow and low. I don't. The Zags have got to try to force them out of that game, play at a faster pace, and if that happens, I think the Zags can win big. Anyway, I made the number five. The number opened five. I like the spot for the Zags. I'm going to play it and lay it with uh, the home favorite in Spokane. How about San Diego State as a one-point favorite at the pit in Albuquerque? Rarely do the Aztecs get swept by any team in Mountain West Conference play. Brian Dutcher and uh, before him, Steve Fisher, have uh, pretty much controlled this conference. Well, the first time around, it was uh, really a stunner, I thought, when uh, the Lobos went to um, San Diego, Viejas Arena, and upset the Aztecs. I made the number here, San Diego State minus two. Circuit opens at one. I want to lay it with a better defensive team, the better rebounding team, and a San Diego State team that just does not get swept by inferior conference opponents, and that's what New Mexico is. Actually, love the guards. Jamal Mashburn Jr., Jalen House, those guys are outstanding. They like to play at a fast pace. But the Lobos don't play much defense. When you get in games, when when you're talking about matchups like this, uh, I'm always going to prefer the team that's much better defensively. And I think the Aztecs have – the wings and the guards can kind of lock down Mashburn and House, and they're going to learn from that loss the first time around. It's going to be a great atmosphere in the pit. Hell of a game to watch. One of my favorite venues, top five venue in college basketball, the pit in Albuquerque. But I'm going to play the road favorite, San Diego State minus one. And the best bet, we've talked so much about this game tonight. Uh, no need to say much more about it. My best bet, Baylor minus three over Texas. Longhorns beat the Bears 76-71 the first time around on January 30th. When you look at this backcourt of Keontae George, Adam Flagler, and L.J. Cryer, it might be the best, those three guards, might be the best three guards any team in the country has. Disastrous road trip for the Bears through Kansas, the blowout loss in the second half to the Jayhawks, then at K-State, got taken down the second half by the Wildcats. Baylor's too good for that. If you go back to the first half last week and that 13-point lead Baylor had at Kansas, this team was playing great basketball, the best of any team in the Big 12. Baylor gets revenge, lay the three with the Bears, and Waco, quick break. We come back. Bruce Marshall of the Gold Sheet joins me, and we're going to break down a bunch more games in college hoops. Stay tuned. This is Saturday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hey, VSIN is excited to announce the launch of three new live shows to cover the dynamic sports betting markets like no one else can with some fresh concepts and pairing as we head into a new season of sports. VSIN will continue to, to deliver all the news, analysis, and insights 
you've come to expect from your favorite team of sports betting experts. Check out the new lineup starting Monday. Go to vsin.com, vsin.com. VSIN tonight is going to be the show I'm on with Wes Reynolds, 9 to midnight Eastern time, 6 to 9 Pacific, right here from the Circus Studio in downtown Las Vegas. All right, Bruce Marshall, editor of the Gold Sheet, joins me now. Uh, Bruce, how are you doing tonight, buddy? Wow, wild ride tonight, Matt, and the weekend is just getting underway. So uh, uh, here we go. Yeah, 130 games on the College Hoops betting rotation on Saturday, and you and I are going to start at the top, 601-602, Creighton-Villanova. And, uh, Bruce, I played Villanova plus 3.5 this afternoon. Circa's down to 2.5 along with DraftKings. I'm seeing a 2 out there in the market. It's been a, I was talking about this. It's been kind of a tough ride here, rough ride for Kyle Neptune, the first season replacing Jay Wright. But uh, I feel like the arrow might be pointing up here on Villanova a little bit late in the season. Drawing a tough opponent here with uh, Creighton. What's your handicap of the Blue Jays and the Wildcats? I agree with you, Matt. In fact, I just wrote this up for uh, the gold sheet, which will be up there tomorrow morning. And uh, I took uh, Villanova to win outright. Uh, a couple of notes here. One, just Creighton for a second here. Uh, when Creighton has played the upper tier of the Big East, and that would mean UConn, uh, Xavier, Providence, Marquette, they've played them eight times. They've only covered one of those eight. So keep that in mind when we get to the Big East tournament next week. Now, uh, or in two weeks. Now, uh, where does Villanova? Villanova, maybe not in that class, but Villanova did cover the first meeting. And right now, maybe we do want to move the Cats up into that class. You mentioned Kyle Neptune, uh, a bumpy ride this year. Well, a lot of it was he didn't have Justin Moore, who would have been his best returning player, top scorer, uh, for the first couple months of the season. He didn't, not till the end of January did he show up uh, after that uh, Achilles tendon tear in the Elite Eight against Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little rusty when he came back, but he is firing on all cylinders now. 25 the other night against uh, Xavier, and 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 he went on the road for uh, for uh, Neptune there. So uh, now all the pieces are here for Villanova, and in his absence, they sort of learned to play without him. Caleb Daniels pretty versatile in the backcourt. Now he's playing very well off of Moore, Whitmore the freshman. Uh, he's had some big nights. I think Villanova's a team to watch and could cause some trouble in the Big East tournament. I think Villanova wins this thing outright tomorrow, so that's my pick. I'm with you on this one with the Cats. The early morning tip-off, and I think this is at the Wells Fargo Center tomorrow. Hey, right about that. Moore had 25 points, hit four threes, and that win against Xavier. Daniels had eight, and uh, Whitmore had 11, but uh, Justin Moore coming back is big for Villanova. 14-14, and right? Right now as we head down the stretch, the first year of uh, Neptune replacing Jay Wright. And, uh, you know, I, I think he's, he kind of took a, uh, took over a tough situation, Bruce, because Villanova was such a banged-up team when the season started, uh, much less in full strength. And then you got to replace a, Jay, a guy like Jay Wright. It's been really tough. I don't, I don't want to make excuses for him, uh, but I don't think it's, it's been as bad as some people say it's been for Villanova, all things considered with the injuries. Yeah, I agree, and the schedule was tough. Now, Neptune had been there for many years. He went mm-hmm. to Fordham for sort of an apprenticeship one year last year to be a head coach for a year, and they brought him back. Yep. So he knew what he was getting into here. But being without Moore, and Moore took a little longer to come back than they thought. They were originally thinking he'd be back in December. So he missed about a month more 
uh, of more than he, he was expecting at the start of the season. But right now, this is the Villanova a lot of people thought we would see at the start of the season. We'll see how it works the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Okay, uh, Bruce, you and I like to talk about the coaching carousel. Let's hit on it here uh, quickly uh, because there's a lot, man, there's a lot of things that could happen. <laughs> As we uh, go to the offseason with some high-profile openings, who knows if Rodney Terry is going to hold that job at Texas? I doubt it. I think Texas is going to look for a big name there. Is Bob Hugg- Huggins going to be uh, forced out at West Virginia? What about Len- Leonard Hamilton at Florida State? Jim Beheim at Syracuse? Is John Calipari going to be on the move at Kentucky? you got obvious openings that are going to be there at Cal, Georgetown, you would think, Stanford. Uh, we know there's going to be an opening at Notre Dame. Where are let's see let's play musical chairs here, Bruce. Where do you think some of these coaches are going to land? Well, I think the first domino that has to fall here is what Texas does. Mm-hmm. And um, if Texas runs it all the way to the final format, I'm not sure they're going to be able to push Rodney Terry out. There's going to be a groundswell of support to keep him. I know the administrators would like to swing for the fences and go for Calipari, although that's pulled back a little bit in recent weeks. And Calipari's people, what I'm hearing, that's sort of cooled a bit because he's winning lately and the pressure's a little off at Kentucky. But anyway, that would be a big domino to fall. And and if that fell, then the dominoes would start falling all over the map. Hearing some very interesting ones. Notre Dame, I'm hearing Chris Holtman's name come up from that. I don't know why anybody would want to touch Holtman right now, but I could see him being in some trouble at Ohio State. Now, one just opened up this morning mm-hmm. uh, at Ole Miss uh, with Kermit Davis. Uh, I don't know why Ole Miss didn't wait for another week or two to get Davis out, unless they want to move right now and quick for one of the free agents out there. Chris Beard, now a little controversial there, but he has been cleared of those Chargers in uh, in Austin. And you know, does w- w- would Ole Miss want to go back to the mid-major route like they did with Kermit Davis pulling them in from Middle Tennessee? I'm hearing Dusty May's name out of Florida Atlantic, but something tells me Ole Miss might want to swing for the fences and make a you know Beard. I'm not sure how many places Beard would be in play, but I could see Ole Miss making a move for him there. Two other names to watch here. Um, Mike Bray apparently is not retired. He's right. not going to his Delaware beach house to hang out <laughs> and go bike riding with Joe Biden there. He, uh, he apparently wants to coach. And just in case the Georgetown thing opens up, which it could, I'm hearing Bray's name there. And one other one, Rick Patino. Keep an eye on him. He's apparently back in play. St. John's, I'm not sure Mike Anderson's going to stick unless St. John's makes a little run here. They haven't been bad, but they – have not been, they have not made the dance under Anderson, and Patino's name is floating out there. He's, I'm hearing him for possibly at Georgetown too. So Bray and Patino might not be done yet, uh, and uh, the Beard situation is one to watch too. You know, you, you mentioned Dusty May at Florida Atlantic, former student manager for Bob Knight at Indiana, has done a hell of a job. He, he's been uh, mentioned with that Ole Miss job. I wonder, Bruce, if uh, Chris Beard. You know, should he hold out for a better job than that? Because I really think – I said this a week ago, and obviously there's going to be some pushback because people think Chris Beard is poison right now. Uh, but I think Ohio State, if they, if they move on from Holtman, Chris Beard would be a home run hire. I mean, there's bigger jobs out there than Ole Miss. Do you think Beard would jump at Ole Miss, or do you think he should uh, wait to see what else is out there in terms of something better? Well, that's a good question, Matt. And I think that the deal with Beard now is he is a little bit radioactive. And some of these really high-profile jobs, I mean, they've got to be prepared at a place like Ohio State if they went for Beard to get a lot of blowback. And we know how 
how uh, you know you know uh, political they are at Ohio State. They don't want to rock the boat if they don't have to. In uh, some of these higher profile schools, Ole Miss, he could probably slip in there, and I think it would be something of what you said there that um, uh, he, he might uh, think Ole Miss is the best job uh, that he has uh, coming. So you know, we will see that that would be, and if he wants to get right back into it, Beard might also wait a year to resurface again. One last thing about Dusty May, this will be, I mean, there's sort of a connection to Bob Knight there. This would be the last any sort of connection tonight, mm-hmm. the last one. Uh, you know, I guess Mike Woodson will be around for a while at, at Indiana, uh, but Woodson's, you know, 60 years old now. So um, Dusty May is going to be, if he does, you know, he's coaching right now. This is sort of the last unofficial link in his, but still a link to Bob Knight, and he'll, he'll be the last one that we see. Well, Chris Beard's a Bob Knight disciple too. And uh, by yes. the way, Steve Alford, Nevada coach, got a big win tonight at Fresno State. Can't can't afford bad losses late in the season. Nevada, a three-point favorite, wins by four at Fresno State tonight. So Steve Alford looks like he's headed back to the tournament with the Nevada Wolfpack. Bruce, i uh, got about a minute left here. We're going to take a break and handicap a bunch more games in the next segment. Micah Shrewsbury at Penn State, I think, could be in play for that Georgetown job. Uh, about 10 miles at San Jose to Cal. Um, Mark Mad Dog Madsen at Utah Valley for Stanford. And do you really think that Rick Patino could be in play at Notre Dame or not? Uh, I think Shrewsbury is more in play there. Okay. Um, and, and I could see Shrewsbury going there. I think Madsen is a very good bet. And you mentioned him before, Matt. I agree with you totally there. Miles' name is starting to pop up here. I mean, nobody can ignore what he's done at San Jose. He's propped up the Spartans. That was a dormant program when he took it over. And it's a pretty poorly kept secret that Cal's going to move on from Mark Fox, and they may well look down the peninsula there for their next coach. And Miles, we both like him. I mean, we've liked him throughout his career. Uh, I think he could surface there. We will see. Very, very interesting. Patino, though, I, I think Patino, there's one more move for Patino, whether mm-hmm. it's Notre Dame, Georgetown, St. John's. I think he's got one more move left. He's won enough at Iona to get some uh, attention. I do, too. All right. We're going to break down Arkansas-Bama, St. Mary's-Gonzaga, and more with Bruce Marshall next. Stay tuned. Back here in a couple minutes. This is Saturday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. All right, back here at the Circa downtown Las Vegas, VSIN Studio. Ten more minutes with Bruce Marshall, editor of the Gold Sheet. We're going to handicap as many college hoops game as, games wow. as we can here in ten minutes, Bruce. Let's go to 639 on the rotation. Arkansas, Alabama, number open nine, down to eight or eight and a half. And uh, obviously the Brandon Miller controversy swirling around the tide as a distraction. What do you think of uh, the hogs and the tide? Well, th- this thing ain't going to go away. I mean, mm-hmm. Nate Oates can try to shove it, to sh- I mean, sweep it under the rug, but it's not. Uh, now, it didn't seem to bother Miller the other night. He scored 41 at South Carolina, but the rest of the team kind of played like zombies. Mm-hmm. And it's not just distracting for Miller. Uh, it's distracting for everybody involved there. So I think we got to figure at least consider that here. But the other side, you know, Nick Smith Jr., 25 points the other night. That was his, the first time we really saw him explode this year. And he missed about two months, and it was kind of tough for Musk to have to, to, to slot Smith, who could be a lottery pick, 
back into his rotations. And this is not just anybody. I mean, this is a guy who is a volume shooter, high ball usage. And now, now how do you fit this guy in with everybody else? It's not that easy. But Musselman does as good a job with that as anybody. It looks like it's starting to resonate there. Now, it's only Florida without Castles and then Georgia. They just blew up. But Arkansas, I've been sort of waiting all year for Arkansas to really click. This might be it. Let's not forget Ricky Council and uh, Anthony Black, two other guys might be first round picks. So they he could have Musk could have three first round picks on the floor here. I think Arkansas wins this one, Matt. Yeah. I, I wrote him up seventy seven seventy five outright, though I'm not sure I'm bold enough to play him on the money line, but certainly plus the points, I definitely will. Alabama really lucky to survive as a 17-and-a-half-point favorite the other night at South Carolina. A little bit of a help from the uh, officials in that one to get the win in overtime. I want to mention this from Bet Rivers. As uh, hoops and hockey seasons continue, Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is a place to be. Bet Rivers has you covered for every line, odd, and boost. Join every week for new promotions like the Tuesday Hockey, First Goal Insurance, Saturday Hockey, same game parlay bet and get weekly pro basketball bet and get more check out betrivers.com or download the Brett Rivers app it's a whole new game Bet Rivers Sportsbook Bruce on the betting rotation for Saturday the Syracuse Pitt game is 703-704 and uh, Pitt is a 6 point favorite this is going to be an interesting game because Jim Bayheim said Pitt bought a team and Jim Bayheim should not be calling out others for buying players, that's for sure. But I think his accusation of Pitt might have even been off the mark. But this home crowd's going to be fired up uh, for the Orange and the Bayheim visit to town. Well, you got to tell Bayheim this is all legal now. And uh, then he came out and said, "Well, I think our guys are only getting paid about twenty grand a year." Well, you know, this is <laughs> this is the way it is with with nil now. And uh, Capel, you know, making no bones about it. I mean, he has also worked the portal a lot better than Bayheim, And that is why I think these, these, these two programs, metaphorically speaking, are like ships passing in the night here. Um, Pitt has overtaken Syracuse. It's sort of recent, but I think in this new era, Capel understands what you've got to do. And I don't think Bayheim quite does. And, and they're getting a little bit worried at Syracuse as long, you know, Bayheim's starting to look like Bobby Bowden here a little bit. Yep. You know, you got he's gonna be kicking and dragging, kicking and screaming out the door, and you know he's gonna be the guy to determine when he's out. Uh, now, having said that, they've had two bad games in a row. I don't think it's beyond Syracuse. Judah Mintz is putting up some very good numbers right now, but one thing he's doing, he he is shooting the ball too much now. I, I think Bayheim wants him to be more of a facilitator. Look at the last couple of games; hardly any assists for Mintz. He's just shooting too much. He, he's sort of lost control of Mintz. Pitt's a better team right now. I love all these transfers that Capel got in. Henson and the rest, the two guards, Elliott Cummings. Uh, this team is good. Uh, I think Pitt gets them tomorrow. And uh, they got them at the they, – they should have won that game easier back in December at the Dome. They were up 22, I think, in the midway in the second half. They only won by two. But they did win, and that was sort of the early indicator Pitt's got something going, and I think they take care of business tomorrow. Yeah, Jeff Capel's definitely get off the hot seat uh, this season. Okay, uh, Bruce, quick handicap on this one because I don't think many people care. But 671, 672, it matters just as much if you have the winner. Minnesota, Nebraska, and the Huskers, you don't see this too often. Big favorites, eight or nine point favorites, total of 134.5, Gophers and Cornhuskers. Well, uh, here we go. I mean, uh, Fred Hoiberg pulling himself off the hot seat, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've won and covered three 
in a row, all over teams going to the dance, four of five. They're the hottest team, one of the hottest teams in the Big Ten right now. Uh, Derek Walker, the 6'9 power forward, putting up some very big numbers. Minnesota is a mess. Uh, the only game they've won this season is against Ohio State, or is in calendar 2023, is against Ohio State. That indicates what's happened at Ohio State. They lose to these guys. The, the backcourt is just completely nothing for Minnesota. I think Hoiberg gets him again. Let's just ride Nebraska, lay the points. Uh, they'll win this one by double digits tomorrow, and this is in Lincoln too. Yeah, it's crazy when you look at Ohio State. I think the Buckeyes lost 14 of 15, including in that was uh, included was a home loss to Minnesota, the last place team in the Big Ten. And before this skid, Bruce, the Buckeyes won by 16 at Northwestern on New Year's Day. Very bizarre season yeah. for Ohio State. You wonder if it's going to be the end for Chris Holtman. Uh, I think Tim Miles has earned a bigger job than San Jose State. Let's talk about this one. Boise and San Jose, 734 in the rotation. Spartans are three-and-a-half-point home dogs. The number here at Circa is three, three-and-a-half everywhere else. Boise off a win and a late-game meltdown in terms of not covering against New Mexico a couple nights ago. Uh, but what's your handicap here at Boise and San Jose? Well, how about this one? I mean, the last six games, Boise has been favored. Uh, they have won each of them, and they have not covered. Mm-hmm. So, A, this could be an indicator. Man, just bet them on the, on the money line, maybe, if you don't mind laying the big price. Or, B, just drill down a little bit further. Watching these games, I, I think this is akin to flipping a coin, and it lands tails six straight times. I mean, each of these games has come, almost all of them come right down to the wire. I mean, Dent hit a three-pointer for New Mexico to get that thing to five the other night at the buzzer after Shaver missed four free throws. Not a bad free throw shooter. He missed four free throws in the last 17 seconds. Make any of those in, in Boise covers. Um, the game against Wyoming two weeks ago, we've talked about that. Outscored 11 nothing in what the last minute and a half to get uh, 23 down to 12 and a 12 and a half point spread. They win by seven as an eight and a half point favorite at Air Force. They win by two as a three and a half point favorite at Colorado State. You get the idea. This is just one basket away from going the other way. He's still, Leon Rice still got an outstanding team, five double-digit scores. And I'm wondering if some of these rumors about Miles maybe uh, being on the move impacting the Spartans a bit because their last couple of games have not looked good. Three-point shooting, 16 of 60 the last two games, and they were blown out by New Mexico and a very poor second half against the Wolfpack. So I'm going to actually lay the short price for Boise. We know there's not many fans show up in San Jose. And I think uh, this is one you can uh, lay it, and Boise finally gets a cover along with an outright win as a favorite tomorrow. San Jose's home court advantage is absolutely pathetic. I I actually, um, it's one of the saddest places I've been in college basketball, Bruce. And I think if there is a home court advantage, it's it's so quiet in there, it can lull the visiting team to sleep. It's, It's hard to get excited to play in that atmosphere. I've been there like you, Matt. Several. I went to a game there once a few years ago when Nevada was struggling, and I counted 279 people <laughs> in, in the crowd with me. And that was counting me, so I mean 278 minus me. So, yes, it is the atmosphere there uh, is zero. All right, Bruce, we've got two minutes left, so quick handicaps. These are two important games. San Diego State, now a two, two-and-a-half-point favorite out in New Mexico. I laid one with the Aztecs in this contest. You're actually taking two and a half with the home dog, the Lobos, at the pit. This is, I think, the last chance for New Mexico just to stay on the bubble before they get to the Mountain West Tournament. Now, if they lose here, they, they, they're only rooting into the dances to win the Mountain West Tournament. But if they win here, that gives them two wins over the Aztecs this season. 
that game at Boise the other night, I know they hit that late three-pointer by Dent to get inside the number, but for most of the night, they looked like they had a real shot in that game. And that was with uh, Jamal Mashburn Jr. and Jalen House, who, by the way, has returned uh, in the last uh, what week, last couple games here. Six for 29 from the floor between them. I mean, they usually shoot a lot better than that, so I don't think they're going to be bad for two games in a row. Uh, San Diego State, like I said, lost to these guys uh, the first time. They have taken a couple of hits on the road. In the Mountain West, they are uh, securely in the dance. I think all the motivation and the fact these guards should start to shoot a lot better tomorrow. I like the Lobos a lot here. I think this is one they've got to have, and they will get tomorrow night at the pit. All right, Bruce Marshall with the gold sheet. Bruce, 30 seconds left for this game. St. Mary's, Gonzaga, Zags minus five. No movement since this number opened. These two coaches don't like each other, by the way, and I can't believe Few is going to allow Bennett to beat him twice. Um, Gonzaga blew a big early lead in that first game, lost in overtime. I think they get revenge tomorrow. I just think there's too much firepower and Gonzaga to lose to these guys twice, so I'll take the Zags. I'm with you, Bruce. I agree. All right. Hey, thanks a lot. Appreciate the time tonight. Good luck Saturday. Okay, you too, Matt. Thanks. That's Bruce Marshall, editor of the Gold Sheet. We're going to come back with the Circuit College Hoops Hour. Big Tim Murray on deck. Stay tuned.